the blast from our past network. Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. Big rips to Gordon Lightfoot today, by the way. Uh, he was a legend. That's a legend. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Sundown, you better take care. If I find you've been creeping around my backstairs. I like, I like, I like Gordon Lightfoot, man. Gordon Lightfoot's amazing. Yeah. If I thumb a new love. Uh, that's a song I fucking dug. Sundown's a banger too. Guy could go. <laughs> <laughs> keeping it all in <laughs> and his clothes drip he's got serious drip <laughs> what's up everybody Meanwhile, diallo's like standing here in his monitor we can see diallo at his fucking desk i have no star, idea star trek i have desk. no idea Who i don't know any gordon lightfoot is. i don't know any gordon lightfoot songs <laughs> what come on he's like i'm just ready to talk about fucking teen wolf man <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to this month's episode of Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura. I am one third of the TV Obscura team. Corey, aka Sleazy C, joined with me as always. My two brothers from other mothers, Zach the Total Snack and Schaefer, and Diallo the Armageddon Jackson. And um, this... can you refer to me as can you refer to me as Zach Lightfoot for the rest of this episode? <laughs> No. So this this month, Gordon Schaefer, we are talking about three monstrous uh, cartoons from the late 80s and early 90s. We Diallo is going to be discussing Teen Wolf. From 19... Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. <laughs> Fuck you. Zach called me out on that uh, off air, and now I can't not hear it. Teen... I want to talk about the return of fake horror. <laughs> A friend asked me today, uh, texted me, and said, how do you say... And she wrote Quintessons? <laughs> Quintessons? Yeah, like from Transformers. She's I was, like, Quintessons I was, from Transformers, yeah. I was like, and are then, you talking about from Transformers? Yeah, and like she wrote it out, and then I wrote back, I've waited my entire life for this moment. <laughs> and then I told her That's how to fantastic. pronounce That's fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing. All right, so Diallo is going to be up first with uh, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. <laughs> Wolf. Wolf. Um, then I'm going to be discussing... Toxic Crusaders, 1991 to 93. Zach's going to be bringing us home with Monster Force, 1994. Zach, uh, Zach has all of his Monster Force toys ready to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Um, but, guys. Off the rails. Oh, so we're already off the rails. Diallo's on his star Starship Enterprise bridge i'm just i'm completely distracted by that zach it's making his noises i don't know what's happening so you know what diallo how's it going buddy how's uh how are things been since the last month since we've talked uh things have been going pretty pretty you know <laughs> you're like always working always working. Uh, yeah work 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 hello boys yeah. living in a world of battlestar galactica 
Yeah, lit Battle Stars it takes up my my brain. Um, working on my little almost not secret project soon, and um, the rest of the time I'm on the couch. <laughs> well, guys and gals, get ready when that not so secret pot project becomes not so secret officially. We will be promoting the hell out of it on our Instagram feed and everything. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, As Cameo would say, word up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) By the way, Cameo is also the lead singer of uh, Chunky A, Arsenio Hall. When you remember when Arsenio Hall had Chunky A? Yeah, that was the guy from Cameo was the singer. Okay. All right. Zach's coming in with all kinds of knowledge tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Got my hair cut. Suddenly I'm like back in the game. Before we jump into everything, though, (laughs) are we going to have Bodie reviews for these? Oh, if you if you want the unfortunate review. (laughs) Sure. Oh, man. He's he's only getting older, my man. He's only getting older. Uh... (laughs) I will say I will say he yeah, he's got he still has an affinity for certain things. I'll do that at the end of the show when we talk about territory marks. Um, but, you know, as far as these cartoons are concerned, hoofa doofa. And I'm like, well, we just agree to disagree, don't we, Bodie? <laughs> Maybe in 30 years he'll circle back around and appreciate him again. He, he will. He didn't knock me for, you know, collecting toys at 18. So <laughs> This is true. Diallo, do you want to kick us off with Teen Wolf, a.k.a. Teen Wolf? <laughs> AKA Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Ow! Werewolves of London. Um, yeah, Teen Wolf, uh, the animated show. Is a, it, it's also known as the Cartoon Adventures of Teen Wolf. Um, it aired from 1986. Well, it technically it had three seasons, um, but. Uh, the third season was all rerun, so it had two seasons of original uh, episodes. Um, it ran from 86 to 87. It originally aired uh, uh, 13th of September, 1986. Um, ended in November 87. Um, and that was right around the time uh, when it ended. That's when I was like, these are nothing but reruns. And then I switched the channel to uh, wrestling and that started my intense wrestling love actually wow teen wolf caused your intense wrestling love yeah i just i was i watched it every saturday and then i just was like these are all reruns and i was bored and i flipped the channel and and hulk hogan was uh getting his uh his got his crucifix ripped off by andre and my mind was blown and you know that started a however many years ago now we are love affair with wrestling yeah <laughs> um yeah so it's uh so it's basically obviously it is uh based on the teen wolf movie starring michael j fox um and it, it kind of like Corey with uh ghostbusters the real ghostbusters I sort of like this is my version of Teen Wolf. Like I obviously I love the movie, but I feel like this show like flushed it out a little bit more and it had other characters that kind of like hold the canon space in my head rather than the uh than the movie. Um 
So yeah, so basically it uh, you know it stars uh, the character Scott Howard, um, who was the Michael J. Fox character, um, and he is like a version of him is the same as the movie, except the setup is a little bit different. So he um, like he's in high school. He wears a letterman's jacket even though he doesn't play sports or anything, which is kind of kind of weird. But I guess he's identifiable as like that's his high school thing. Um, and he actually spends a lot of it just kind of being an outsider. And his uh, wolf identity is a secret. So his whole family is keeping their wolf identity secret. So that's a like a sort of a big difference from the movie because that's it's all about him like being a wolf in public. Yeah, um, yeah so, that's funny because only uh, Boof and Styles know who he is. Uh, otherwise, kind of have to reset your brain whenever you watch it to you know take away the movie stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, and especially for a cartoon, I think it works better. Like secret identities always like have a layer of um, inherent drama with them. Um, so it started. Uh, so yeah, so Scott Howard was uh, voiced by uh, Townsend Coleman. He actually, um, he's vo he's done a, like a ton of voices, but I think probably the most famous thing he's done was a teenage, well, at least for famous for us, is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He did uh, the voice of Michelangelo, did other voices on the show. He, uh, I guess, Shredder, Krang. Um, he was on Jim and the Holograms. He he did a uh, Riot, the voice of Riot. Nice. Um, yeah, and he. Uh, he was actually on The Tick also, which is one of my, you know, one of my all-time favorite uh, shows. Yeah, he played The Tick. He was The Tick. Yeah, he was The Tick, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was the voice of uh, Scott Howard. And then... Um, and actually, I'm sorry to cut you off, but real quick, it's cool because he also reprised his voice um, as Michelangelo on that, uh, t the new TMNT Shredder's Revenge video game that, like, just came mm. out on PSN and Xbox, like late last year so it's like it's super new and it kind of has that old 8-bit sprite you know style to it and everything okay. and and i'll actually oh, cool. be bringing up video games also on the uh toxic crusaders uh discussion as well is that game sort of like uh the that old school turtles game or is it like a, a new it's it is inspired by the old school like turtles in time type of game but it's mm -hmm. like all new new story new graphics and everything like that but it's hand-drawn 2d you know pixel style graphics and everything it is okay. stunning and it is so much fun to play oh cool i haven't played a turtle game in forever but anyway i'm feeling very turtley am i not turtle enough for the turtle club turtle soup. turtle <laughs> turtle turtle uh yeah so his uh, his dad is actually kind of it's interesting because he's voiced by James Hampton, who was his dad on the movie. So yep, he's the only um, like kind of carryover from the original uh, show. Um, That's pretty awesome, though. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, uh, Rupert Stiles. Stiles is voiced by Donnie Most, who we all know as uh, Ralph Mouth from Happy Days. Right. Um, and also, uh, he did Eric from, uh, didn't he do Eric from uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons? He d sure did. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he did, he did the voice of Styles. Uh, and then this version also had, uh, uh, in, the, in the original, it was Scott and his dad, I believe. And this, this one, actually, he has a little sister. 
um, named Lupe. <laughs> I I know like I have a friend named Lupe, and but she's Hispanic, so I don't know where they got this from. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were going for like. I get where they, I get where they're going. Yeah, Lupin or something funny. like that, like a yeah. Uh, yeah, werewolf type of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, like Guadalupe. Anyways, uh, and then he had a grandpa and a grandma, which actually, these were the, t- at least for me, were like the two characters that I actually thought brought a lot of the fun into it. So the grandpa was voiced by Stacy Keach Sr., who I did not know was a senior um, until nope. I was looking this up, which is kind of cool. Um, so not Stacy Keach that we know from, uh, was it Mike Hammer? Was it Mike Hammer? Mike yeah. Hammer. Yeah, yeah, from Mike Hammer. Or, and, uh, or body bags. <laughs> Zach, sorry, sorry. Zach gave a look when you said that. Um, and then uh, Grandma Howard was voiced by June Foray, we know as Rocky the Squirrel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, her most famous role, she's obviously done a billion things. Um, yeah, that's so, a legendary voice actor, though. Yeah, legendary. like legendary. She just um, yep. she passed away like a few, like seven years ago seven or eight years i think ago. so not yeah not that long ago yeah so she she was she was around for a while and one more actor dude mick fucking played by craig schaefer from sheffer sheffer okay is that how you pronounce it okay i i always know him from nightbreed oh, okay yeah <laughs> I, then this is now some kind of wonderful yep yep i don't know he any was supposed of to be in weird science i don't know any of those things Craig Sheffer was like a hunky boy. He was an interesting hunky boy. If you've never seen That Was Then, This Is Now, you got to see it. So good. Uh, he should have. He was in A River Runs Through It, the the Robert Redford mm-hmm. movie he, across Brad Pitt. Um, yeah. And then, of course, yeah, like you said, Nightbreed. Craig Sheffer is, is, I love that guy. He can do no wrong in my book. He was on One Tree Hill. <laughs> and he was in... Why, some, I think I a Snakes on a Plane sequel or Passenger 58. I don't know. Some some. Did you just say Passenger 58? I think he was in like Passenger 58. It was like a sequel to a Passenger sequel? 58. I'm making that up. Yeah. Making that up. <laughs> That's a brilliant though. Did they? Why did they never do that? But it's know. interesting he that said, he always bet on Ace. It's interesting that he went on to do Teen Wolf. He was uh, that was before some kind of wonderful because that was 1987, and this he was on this from 86 to 87. You know, for the two seasons, the third season is like Diallo said, uh, you know, syndication. Yeah. So it's interesting that he was kind of doing double duty at the time, I guess. Yeah, and I know that he. I think that was then. This is now, which he starred in, and he was the lead good guy in that. Uh, that came out in I think 85 or early 86. So. Yeah, he was kind of hot. He played a villain in some kind of wonderful. You 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 know that Corey. Yeah. He played like the yep. the main dick. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, it is he doesn't sound like I you know obviously people can change their voices around uh, clearly, but uh, he doesn't sound like Mick in the cartoon. Like he doesn't sound like Craig Sheffer in the cartoon. And I was listening for that too. I'm like that doesn't sound like Craig Sheffer to me, but it was. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Sorry, Diallo, we completely took you off track with the Craig Shepard talk. <laughs> I have never heard of him before. <gasps> My Diallo, you, Diallo, you have to see that was then. This is now. Diallo, you have you to see Nightbreed. Diallo, 
Diallo. 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 Whenever, whenever people the like, passenger fifty eight. Especially lately, when people are telling me what I have to watch, you know, I, I get, I'm starting to get like, uh, no, I get stubborn. Diallo, you have to watch <laughs> Love Is Blind season eight. I I, I completely I, subscribe to that Diallo. When someone tells me you got to watch Breaking Bad, I'm like, no, nah, not gonna. Yeah, do no. <laughs> like I'm just yeah, I'm already I'm overwhelmed as it is. <laughs> I did, but Zach, you did great point. I did uh, I did fall down a love is blind rabbit hole this past week <laughs> and that blew my brain to shreds but anyway uh, <laughs> stay tuned for the love is blind podcast dude i actually literally was watching that like oh man i probably have to do a podcast of this show <laughs> crazy it'd be great to do that every week anyway yeah so th- the show i mean again i was i, pr- I pretty religiously watched the show um in the in the cartoon he I think he, he he kind of transformed into a wolf pretty frequently and i think it was a lot of the times it was when he was like emotional or something like that or out of control he would turn into a wolf they also had that you know that whole um you know the obviously the uh full moon he would turn into a wolf um there were just like every episode was just shenanigans with his family him at school um life a lot of life lessons um yeah, it's I, I just like I I religiously watched this show again like every week. It was this and then Galaxy High, every week and um, yeah, and then one day it was reruns and then I changed the channel. <laughs> it never went and never went back. Never went back until thirty years later. <laughs> but I do like you know I you know I think about a lot of um, shows that. Or a lot of cartoons that do a car- a cartoon version of a of a movie, and to me, this is one of the better ones. Like if you took like a ton of different um, TV shows or t- movies that became cartoons, I would put this without my unscientific ranking. Is I would put it in my top ten because um, some of them just feel like they're just pure money grabs, but this one actually feels like you like it actually feels like uh an advancement or whatever of the uh the original concept so yeah that's uh that's a teen wolf i love the theme song also used to sing it all the time teen wolf coming out to play and uh yeah so what do you think zach (laughs) we're going to turn to teen wolf (laughs) That guy sounds like a mix. The theme song singer sounds like a mix between Dr. John and the uh, Jack uh, Mac and the heart attack guy. You know, uh, I, I appreciate and enjoy the song now. I don't know if I did back then. I wanted to watch Teen Wolf when I was a kid. I'm sure I missed it because back in 86 when we had vcrs but we couldn't record multiple shows at the Mm -hmm. time i probably wasn't watching it Uh, i was watching something else that was because was it it was on cbs who said yeah it was on cbs yeah i was probably watching like abc or maybe tv 44 you're watching um, the littles i was watching i very well i very well could have been i I loved that Uh, show the littles by the way as a kid yeah yeah me too me too yeah, I I really appreciated watching this show again. I watched the pilot episode or the first one, and um, Styles is a, like really kind of a more of a dick in this than he is in the movie. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, This was sandwiched in between the Team Wolf 1 and Team Wolf 2. Um, Team Wolf 2, I think it would have been nice to see this progress into Team Wolf 2 down the road. That would have been amazing going to college or who knows what. Um, I'm I'm still perplexed how Boof, the name Boof, (laughs) uh, has become more relevant in the past five years than I think it, it was in the last 20 or 30. Um, I, this cartoon is like geared towards teenagers. I feel like, because the subject matter is definitely more like, you know, he's, he's pining after, uh, what is it? Stacy? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Or, yeah and, pa- Pamela. Pamela. Sorry, Pamela. Pa- Stacy. I'm thinking of uh fast times. Original Pamela movie. Wells. But um, yeah, I, I'm like I because Team Wolf the the movie is definitely a older teenage movie, um, and you know much more sexual than I remember it to be when I watched it not that long ago. <laughs> so this cartoon, I was like, oh, I could see teenagers being more into this than like younger kids, um, because the subject matter is more like uh, aged up, I guess. I loved it. I thought it was super entertaining and fun. Bodhi did not. <laughs> Bodhi was like, this is so cheesy. This is, I just, and I'm like, it's not made for you, bud. It's made for a different audience. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie, th- this movie, this show will give you all the nostalgic vibes you need of the 80s for sure. And hearing Donnie Most as Styles, he like does a great job. Uh, I love that guy as a voice actor for sure and miss him from happy days. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that's all I got to say. We, I, I actually, it was on $2 late fee. Actually, I thought, I think I talked about this when we talked about the Teen Wolf 2, T O O. And, um, two, like too many Teen Wolves. Yeah. And like, I, I think the, the secret to one of the secrets to Teen Wolf is that you need a really, strong um styles character yes and yeah um, not no disrespect yeah, no, yeah i was about tracking. to say no 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 disrespect to him i don't think that, that was his fault like he literally no had no like nothing in the script for him to do and he did his he did his best to try to, to actually make the character like stand out um but yeah, anyways said that in the interview yeah but this in this in this case like i like yeah uh the styles in this is very he actually is a lot more abrasive um but i i, I just think it helps the overall dynamic it actually i don't know for some reason it just helps scott feel um a, a, like more relevant or likable because he has something to bounce off of a little bit stronger as opposed to that one particular movie, even in even in the uh, the Teen Wolf remake, which I actually can't stand, um, but the uh, Styles character was probably one of the strongest uh, parts of the show. He's probably the best. He was the best actor too. But um, yeah. Well, wouldn't you say for the cartoon, it's needed that Styles is more of like a semi antagonist because it creates more tension it creates more opportunities for story right and yeah down the road whoa shit what style styles is going to reveal you know scott's true identity right Uh yeah here we go again exactly like it just he starts the shenanigans he's he's the one that like he's got the scam he's got you know and scott kind of gets pulled in and um yeah and then it has it gives them some conflict something to resolve by the end of the episode uh 
And again, and um, I think it, they kind of started going that way with the Teen Wolf T O O. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it just kind of like they didn't capitalize on it. It just kind of fell flat, and they didn't make it a part of the movie. So no. um, yeah, I think I think Styles is just like I. It's funny. I'm like I. I think he's like he's like a very important character to the, to the Teen Wolf mythos. <laughs> he sure is, and it reminded me that when you were a kid in the '80s, you. Got your friends sometimes were your enemies simply because you've known them since childhood. You knew them since you were five. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, we've been friends since we were five. Were you really friends or were you just neighbors or your parents were friends and you guys were smashed together and you really are enemies? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, it just brought up an interesting dynamic personally. It, I was like, eh. isn't that where the term frenemies kind of started then? <laughs> I think it did. I think we didn't know how to define it in the eighties and now we do. But so it's, I mean, it's funny. That's was one of my notes. I go is styles, even his friend in this. <laughs> he says he's his best friend. I know. Since childhood. And I thought that was sad. Um, <laughs> I know. Me too. So, so I kind of, uh, uh, I, I kind of had the exact same experience as Diallo and sort of the same thoughts. Um, I always liked the Teen Wolf cartoon better than the movie. I watched it more than I watched the movie. Um, I mean, I watched the movie a ton as a kid, but I think I liked the cartoon a little bit better. So when I was watching this, I was getting just flooded with memories. I was like, oh, my God, you know. Um, yeah. I liked the stuff that they added. Y'all, like you said, the grandparents, the, the the younger sister. They even, like, expanded out the town a bit and made it a bit more, like, werewolf-centric. And, and I liked all of that. I liked all the stuff they added to it. Um, I don't know, like I said, if, if, if I liked Styles. I, you know, I'll take it back. I know... I didn't care for Styles in this episode, um, and all I need is something. I just need to see Styles actually be his friend, you know, and then I can take all the the negative shenanigans. But I need to see him also do something nice to offset. You know what I mean? I just I have to. I can't just be told that he's his friend and then not see it. You know, um, I think it's cool as hell that the same dad played the dad and everything. And as I was watching it, I was like, he sounds familiar. Is it mm-hmm. is it the same dad? Um, yeah. I loved the intro as a kid. I thought that was like. You know, I, th- I always thought the intro was really cool. I love the theme song. Um, and then watching it now, I just I think the animation is strong. It's it, and by that I mean the characters are very expressive, but yet still maintain this like natural humanistic look and everything. And I think they did a great job, like like sort of streamlining Scott's uh, werewolf design and everything like that. And yeah, like you said, I, I actually think you're right. I like the fact that like he has to keep his identity a secret and everything. And, and it makes for more interesting sort of, you know, possible shenanigans. I mean, the whole first episode is about him wanting to, to not have his family secret come out because his, his, you know, family photo album and everything, um, you know, and then kind of just also watching it. Cause again, I haven't seen it in like 35 years or whatever, but watch the shit out of it when I was a kid yeah. and, you know, watching him, especially just in the first episode, Pamela doesn't seem like she's really into Scott and I'm not really getting any indication indications that her boyfriend's any kind of an asshole, really like his <laughs> Scott's just kind of being a dick to him. Yeah. And he's, he's the kind boyfriend. of being, and he's kind of being really aggressive with Pamela. And I'm yeah. like, I, I get what you're going for. Like, I understand this setup, but I what if Pamela and Mitch are actually meant to be together? They don't seem like a bad couple to me. <laughs> right. You know? So it just it kind of 
again, it was of the time, you know what I mean? And we all get it, you know, but looking at it now, I was like, Scott, you just need to chill out a little bit, buddy. Plus you got Boof over we... there who loves yeah, you too. Yeah, Boof is you know? like, Boof is like, I would pick her like yeah. a thousand times over the other girl let, anyway. Let, let Mitch have Pamela. You know she's a pain in the ass anyway. <laughs> <laughs> can we also admit too, can we also admit too that in the 80s, there was this like weird subtext that they would put in movies just to kind of make it okay to steal somebody's girl even if the boyfriend was a dick it was all about stealing the dick's girl that's not okay totally it's because it treats the woman like a that they don't have any agency uh, of their own essentially you know what i mean yeah and she's like well i'm just with this guy because he's the popular guy blah 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 again want to reiterate the very i only watched the first episode of teen wolf Mitch did not seem like a jerk to me, and Pamela seemed very happy with him. So, Scott, I think you should go bark up another tree, pun intended. But You um, should bark it up with Boof. But, uh, as, you know, our Judge Kavanaugh would say, they, should, they need to Boof, Boof, Boof. <laughs> but, like you guys said, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's I think it's nice. I think it was a fun show, you know? Um, and I thought the animation was, was really solid. And I thought that intro was a oh, lot yeah. of fun, the theme song and everything. So, yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I give this one a thumbs up on my end. I want to piggyback on that intro because they what they did differently than they either didn't do before or since or after, using, like, real actors mm-hmm. in a, like, with uh, with that overexposed kind of image. Sort of painted on, but you can tell it was a real photo. And the interesting thing is, it's more that image was more akin to his theatrical version as yeah. opposed to the animation version because in the, almost to the point of the animation version if you cover those ears you just say he has a beard you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah yeah little hairy I, I like i like that yeah yeah me too me too um but yeah i also wanted to point out too sorry i also i also wanted to point out too that um shout factory drop dropped the ball on this because uh you know a few years ago when they released the Blu-ray versions of Team Wolf One and Two, they were supposed to release the animated version, but that and so they hyped it up. You know, it's a box set. They were going to release the all three, and then suddenly it was gone, and they weren't responding to. Corey knows this very well. They weren't responding to any messages in regards to the box set. I was writing message. A lot of people were like, where's the animated series? Why is this not available? You guys said it was coming out and now you're just not talking about it at all. Not talking about it doesn't really explain what happened. Well, the reality is there was a legal dispute. They lost the rights. They're not going to get them back. It's not coming out, but they could have easily said that, but they did not. They just kept their mouths shut and... We'll settle for YouTube, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that's lame. I hate that, man. Just just be honest at this point. Just be honest. and Or or don't make an announcement until you have the rights locked down. Word. Oh, Jesus. But, yeah. Word up. Good, fun <laughs> fun <laughs> cartoon, though. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad yeah, we... great fucking yeah. cartoon. Yeah, thanks, Diallo. I'm glad we came back to this one, man, because, like I said, I used to watch this all the time as a kid, and I was sitting here just being like, having it flood me, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> it was, was a it. <laughs> crazy big part of my, like I said, Saturday mornings. And uh, even though I can't remember one episode, but I watched it yeah. religiously for yeah. a few, few years. 
part of me was like, did they film this in Solvang? Is this Solvang, California? <laughs> Next to the pea soup place? Are they eating at the pea soup place in Solvang? What's going on here? Uh, all right. Well, time for another movie turned cartoon. But uh, this time it's a rated R movie. Uh, actually, technically rated X. Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> Toxic Crusaders. Okay, Toxic guys. Crusaders. Oh, that theme song was uh, created by Chuck Lorre, the guy who created uh, the TMNT theme song as well. Yep. Toxic Crusaders is a 13-episode cartoon produced for syndication by Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Herz, founders of Troma Entertainment. It was loosely based on the Toxic Avenger movie series and followed a trend of environmentally conscious cartoons and comics like Captain Planet and Swamp Thing. It's also another R-rated movie turned cartoon like Rambo and Robocop or the Aliens toy line that came out in the 90s. Toxic Crusaders features the adventures of Toxie and his mutated mop as they battle Dr. Killamoff's villainous aliens as they try to pollute the Earth. Toxie is joined by his mutated friends, Nozone, Major Disaster, uh, Headbanger, and Junkyard. Some notable voice actors, uh, Toxie, played by Roger Bumpus. Uh, For me, he was uh, the voice of Hanover Fist in Heavy Metal, the movie. Yeah. Nozone. Oh, he he also, by the way, Roger Bumpus also did Dr. Killamoff. Nozone was done by Paul Eiding. He played Colonel Campbell in the Metal Gear uh, series, Metal Gear video game series. Major Disaster, uh, played by Ed Gilbert. He played General Hawk on G.I. Joe. Junkyard was played by Greg Berger, who who was corn-fed pig on Duckman and also Agent K on MIB. Uh, Bonehead was Hal Royale, uh, Deep Six in in G.I. Joe. Major Mox Grady is played by Chuck McCain, who played Leatherneck on G.I. Joe. Chuck, Chuck McCann. Oh, sorry. Chuck McCann. Thank you. Thank you. And finally, Psycho was played by Michael J. Pollard from the movies Bonnie and Clyde, Scrooged, and Split Second, which we covered on the show. So, Don't forget about Roxanne. I was great in Roxanne. That's, you love your Roxanne. Mm, I love uh, my Roxanne. So I Roxanne. watched... I think I've seen the the first Toxic Avengers uh, once, maybe when I was younger. wasn't quite my cup of tea, but this was <laughs> my cup of tea. I watched the hell out of this cartoon, all thirteen episodes. When I don't even remember when it popped up, but I remember watching it. I also read the comic book. I also had some of the toys, not as many as Zach did, um, but I also and I, I remember the video game, but I don't think I played it. For me, the biggest thing, the sort of the draw to this was the character designs, especially the bad guys. I thought they were absolutely spectacular. I loved the villain, the grunt villain, who was kind of like the toxic waste guy who had the you know the breathing apparatus, but the generic grunt guy, you know, like the, the co- radiation ranger he was called. There you go. He was my favorite design out of the whole thing. Kind of reminded me a little bit of that movie Wizards by Ralph Bakshi, uh, one of those guys. Um, but overall, I loved, this might sound weird, but I love the color palette of the show. I love the oranges and the greens and everything together and kind of the browns and stuff. And it's just the overall color palette I thought was just amazing. Watching the first episode now, I was amazed at how many adult 
like freaking uh uh you know jokes they they squeezed in at one point he was talking about like what the main you know the kid who's going to turn into toxie he was talking about the things what was his name again melvin the mop boy there you go (laughs) he was talking about like things he's going to do tonight he's like well at eight o'clock i'm waxing my chicken is he talking about his fucking (laughs) balls like that's fucking crazy and then like i liked how they kept saying I'm, I'm, he's like, I'm a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. I just like how they kept reiterating that and everything. And yeah. I just thought, you know, looking at it now and as an adult, as 45 years old, I had a hoot with that first uh, episode. I thought it was a blast. Uh, I Like I said, I think the, the character designs hold up really well. The voice acting I thought was a lot of fun. And I just thought it was freaking awesome. And to kind of button it all up. Uh, going back to the video game discussion that we were having about the TMNT game, uh, they are putting out a Toxic Crusaders video game that's, I believe, supposed to be coming out this year, but it's a four-player brawler, exactly like that TMNT one. Um, a brawler means like you go left to right and just fight enemies and everything like that and beat them up and stuff like that, but it's going to be the same thing. You're, it's gonna They're going to be hand-drawn, you know, sprites, and everything pixel sprites and stuff like that and i am buying it as soon as it fucking comes out so toxic crusaders uh zach i know you have a lot to say so diallo what uh <laughs> i'm gonna make Aww. you wait buddy diallo what you got to say pal i mean you guys are gonna be mad at me i did not like it at all <laughs> that's okay that's wow. all right hit us with it buddy it's okay to be wrong and <laughs> I mean, I can't be wrong about not liking it. I don't like <laughs> no, it. No, I'm joking. Um, and it, it's it's just one of it, you know I've said it before uh, on this show. Um, it it's right smack dab in that era of animation that I just I just don't like. I just you know like the there there are cartoons from that era that I liked, but it's almost in spite of that style. Like I like Spider Man and the Tick are like two cartoons that. Um, you know, and I, I was watching this one and it's like, it just, it reminds, it, it just felt like everything was modeled out of clay or something. And I just, <laughs> I just don't, or like Todd McFarlane before he really found his style, he used to kind of draw like that. And it just, just not my thing, you know? And like, so that was just like the era and it wasn't until like, I think like the late nineties or early two thousands when I, like, I think they really started to pull it a lot of the anime influences and that's when i started liking animation again Amer- american animation so yeah i and then i never really like i saw toxic avenger when i was in high school but that i think i saw it once and it was just kind of like a kitschy thing and i moved on so i never really had a you know i never was really terribly invested in watching the cartoon and and I watched this one. I was just kind of lost. <laughs> there was, <laughs> there was like all these, there was like all these, mo- like you know, these monsters all over the place. And I didn't, I didn't know who was who. I didn't know what was what. They were running. I knew who Toxie was. That was about it. And then, yeah. So I just, I didn't really, I didn't particularly like it. I did, it wasn't like it wasn't that I like it wasn't like I hated it. I'm just saying. It, it didn't I, have anything again, for you to sort of latch on to. Yeah, there's like nothing. Like I don't like the animation style. I wasn't really into the uh, the property, and then it just the, the story was like kind of incoherent, and that that's not a knock. 
Um, it just kind of, there was, it just, there was a lot going on in it. And I just kind of was like, I didn't know what was going on. I do though, cause we didn't want, I remember watching the, um, pilot episode a year or two ago and I actually remember kind of liking it. So I think it was just like, I, I just needed something to kind of get me into that world with all that. Cause it was just, there's all these characters. I didn't know how they related to each other and there's no like, there was no style or design that like told me who was what, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Like the bad guys look very similar to the good guys at first blush, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, that's my, uh, toxic. <laughs> well, it's funny because I think you and I have probably the same feelings about the movie. Like uh-huh. I same way. I just like, I think I saw it once. I was like, eh, I don't really get this. Not really. I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But then I, I did like the, the cartoon. Now I wonder though, how much it was affected by that first issue of the comic book with that. Sam Keith did the cover and everything. He was one of my, still is one of my favorite comic book artists of all time. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, the design of the characters here very lend themselves very much to Sam Keith's art style and everything. Um, but maybe, or I don't know, but I just, I really was like, you know what, this is, this is clicking with me for, for some reason, you know? Yeah. It was just in that era. I just wasn't watching a lot of, I mean, I was watching certain cartoons, but I just, that, that early nineties, you know, I just wasn't, that just wasn't it for me. It was like, you know, Batman and, you know, a little bit later Superman and, like i guess if any like the fox kids saturday morning stuff i guess or i don't know but um i think you mentioned it like i think we talked about that when we were talking about mib men in black cartoon i think mm -hmm. you that's when we sort of started deciphering that diallo's not a fan of those uh early to mid 90s uh cartoons yeah and it was and it's funny to me because it wasn't like even back then i never had this conscious thought of like i don't like this animation style it's only something i can like look back on and be like oh yeah because i i can think about the, the the sort of like the visceral reaction i had when I watch any of those and then I started to put it together and I was like, yeah, I just didn't really like the, I didn't really like the animation. It just seems kind of, I don't know. Like it just seems weird to me. It took so long for me to figure out what I didn't like about anime. I mean, dude, mm-hmm. I, I grew up like, I love art. I love animation and I like like Akira and Vampire D and stuff like that. But like, I couldn't get into attack on Titan. I couldn't get into all these other shows where I liked the art style, but I couldn't, figure out why I didn't like anime. And for me, it's, I just don't, I like Western storytelling style. For me, mm-hmm. the, the Japanese TV shows, cartoons like that, like, man, it'll be like five episodes and only like two minutes of time have actually moved along the plot line. And I just, <laughs> I can't handle that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I get it, man. Like I get it where you're like, it's just you're trying to figure out what it is where that works and what it is that like sort of doesn't work for you, you know? Yeah, and that that era too is again. It, it's it started to be more like the extreme, and it, and I kind of was filling out a little bit with this show where it just was like trying to go for that extreme gross out kind of vibe, and I just I just wasn't into it. And then, but then you know that say I was watching Animaniacs and Tiny Toons right around that time. Yeah, you know that and that completely different animation style. You know. Yeah. So that just that's just kind of just kind of where I'm at with with a lot of that stuff. So, okay. yeah, 
So that let's uh, let's hear Zach. He's gonna pull out all his toys and he's gonna like defend everything. And... Now, now, Zach, I know you have thoughts on the cartoon, but I do want to ask: Are you have you watched the movie more than Diallo and I have? Have you seen the? Talk- oh, so well. Are are you ready for this? Yeah. He's like, I was in it. So I, if you, if for for those that for those of you that are Patreon patrons for two dollar late fee, you'll know how big of a fan I am of Troma or how big of a fan I was of Troma back in the day, because I actually have a Troma diploma ah. from their community college, mm. and um, I have because in the right around this time, Lloyd Kaufman, who is like a low rent shill of Roger Corman, uh. God bless the guy because he was able to uh, take trash and profit off of it. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Toxic Avenger was a staple in our house. We we would watch. That was like a Friday night. Get everybody together and watch this horribly, like, disgusting, you know, semi-X-rated horror film that uh, borders on, like, softcore porn at times. <laughs> And, 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 you know, dudes getting together and laughing over, you know, obscene shit. Um, I've seen Toxic Avenger probably at least 10 times. I was I went to the 30th anniversary screening at the New Beverly where uh, uh, Ron Jeremy was getting head in the alleyway after the movie was over. <laughs> That's when and, he, I've heard that Ron Jeremy story before. I never knew what I've movie told it that was. a few times. Yeah, yeah I've told I didn't that a few know it times. was the movie, though. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know, like I said, I have a trauma diploma. Uh, I have the trauma system. It was called the trauma system. If you go on YouTube and look for the trauma system, there was a infomercial where they were selling it late at night um, next to Tony Robbins with his book, The Power Within. There was the trauma system for 1995. You could own a trauma diploma and a t- cassette tape of all their movie trailers and an autographed poster, which was autographed differently. Because I got two versions of it, and Lloyd Kaufman's signature looked different on both. So, um, which goes to tell me that he had some random person signing them. So, I have an affinity for trauma, but I also have an affinity for Full Moon Entertainment. I have an affinity for like these these kind of low rent B level uh, production companies that were outside the box, churning out just bizarre stuff. You know, where Full Moon was paying an homage to the 1950s uh, horror and sci-fi movies, Troma was like doing their own thing. And, and whether you like their content or not, you got to applaud the fact that they were trying something different and being innovative in their own way. Um, I mean, they're, they're an indie company when indie companies were not in fashion. You know, they... They were a launch pad for directors, writers, actors to get their careers started when maybe no one wanted to give them the time of day. So I applaud that aspect of it. I don't know Lloyd Kaufman as a person. I don't know if he's sleazy. I don't know if he's as sleazy as he portrays himself to be. Uncle he Lloyd. might be the sweetest. Yeah, I mean, he might be the sweetest guy on the planet, but uh, or he might not be. I don't know. What I do know is the man, like I said, he took shit and profited off it. So Toxic Avenger is probably their biggest franchise, and there's a remake coming out with Peter Dinklage and Kevin Bacon and Elijah Wood and, like, you know, this pretty A-level cast. Um, This cartoon should never have been on television. It never should have been greenlit 
the fact that I believe I saw it on Fox Kids originally when it came out. That's where I thought I saw it. Um, and I watched all 13 just like you did, Corey. I, I hook, line, and sinker. I bought the board game. I have all the figures. I, I, I like was obsessed with this because I think in my mind, because I was 14 at the time, 14 or 15, I was like, this shouldn't be on TV. And the fact that the pilot is essentially the original movie, which is even more crazy, that they take Melvin the Mop Boy, who <laughs> is like this loser and they call him a loser and they call him a nerd and they, they, they the bullies are legit asshole bullies they don't show what they did in the movie in this but they get pretty damn close so i'm watching this going oh my god they're like really recreating the movie and he's melting he falls in the guy falls into toxic waste and melts <laughs> i mean that is bizarre and wild so Animation aside, like per personally for me, I was like, I don't care if the animation's any good. This is just so bizarre. It makes me want to keep on watching it. Michael J. Pollard is so entertaining as Psycho because he's like st stupid little one-liners. And there's so many one-liners throughout this whole thing where it's like whop, whop, whop throughout the whole thing. You can eye roll and be like, oh, my God, this is so cheesy. Or you can go, oh, my God, this is like. Again, I can't believe they made this. And fucking props to Lloyd Kaufman, who does an intro to the VHS version that came out, the, or mm -hmm. the DVD version. Yeah, yeah. And it's so creepy. Diallo texted us. He's like, I'm getting Gordon Jump vibes from different strokes from this. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. You're like, is this guy, is this, is, how perverted is this guy? I mean, come on. Look at his movies. There are There's like a level of perversion there that just permeates throughout. But... Um, I think there's like something really funny and like endearing about it. Like, goddamn, good for you, man. So how how well did the cartoon capture the movie's tone? Because, like I said, I haven't seen it probably since high school. The movie, um, and I know there weren't like aliens. Like the 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 main bad guy in this is an alien. Doctor Killamoff. Yeah, he's like a cockroach. He's like yeah. A, yeah, cockroach thing, which is cool. I mean, I like his design and everything, but I know, but there weren't aliens in in the movie that I recall. So This is like 100% not accurate to the movie. Only the only thing that is accurate is the way like the bullies, quote unquote, and the way Melvin gets uh turned into Toxic Avenger. But is the, And the blind and the blind girl that's in love with him. But tonally though, even though there's a lot of differences, I tonally does it capture the movie's feel? No, no, not at all. Okay, no. I mean, this is like you know a sanitized, yeah, quote unquote, kids version, and um, it's so funny because I I feel like the whole time I could see the writers in the room going, I can't believe we're making this shit. <laughs> I can't I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> this this should not be a kids cartoon <laughs> or a video game or a comic book. I mean, the, the, the little cutout on the, the action figure, because I still have him in box, by the way. Toxie wrote his own bio. He says, Toxie's my name. Grime fighting's my game. I used to be Melvin Junko, a normal nerd of subhuman size and strength. But that's all changed now. Just when my skin was clearing up, I fell, heading, I fell headlong into toxic waste. And now look at me. I'm a hideously deformed hero of superhuman size and strength. <laughs> but hey, don't get me wrong. It's not all that bad. I'm just your average creature boy next door. 
Now that I've got radioactive touch, I'm just oozing to clean up this town. That's why everyone likes me. But grime fighting doesn't pay too well, so I do odd jobs from time to time. I once worked as a microwave oven. But when a customer threw trash under the table, my traumatons went crazy, and I mopped up the floor with his head. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. <laughs> so, well, like, the, and the, by the way, there's on this mark on the packaging of this this figure everywhere. It's like recycle, recycle, uh, take care of the earth. So they're totally playing off of Captain Planet, which I applaud. Um, it's just so bizarre. And that's why I like it because it's just so like bonkers to me um, that again that this show that this show got made and that they have characters like Nozone like all these mutated monsters it's wild and it's amazing that like you know reaction or Super Seven put out the reaction figures and they put out bigger ones as well but they put out like you know Toxie from Toxic Crusaders and they put out like actual Toxic Crusader figures and now this like Toxic Crusader cart video game is going to be coming out it's like it's so weird that like Toxic Avengers the property that probably more people know but there seems to be this resurgence of Toxic Crusaders uh the cartoon in these past like I don't know three years or something since those reaction figures came out well I would put this up next to attack of the killer tomatoes yeah. as oh, yeah. far as like weird why did this get made why did attack of the killer tomatoes get made like no one really <laughs> cared about that no one was asking him for it but yeah no. <laughs> it's like putting out a rocky horror picture show cartoon is what it is yeah these are like midnight movies that people like a, a select cult audience goes to see the fact that a cult movie Got made makes me hope and pray that one day we get a Psycho Gorman movie, a cartoon come out, you know, <laughs> That'd be cool. um, 20 years from now. So, yeah, people like associate the nostalgia. I think it's all about nostalgia. I think this show, yeah, it, it's so low rent, <laughs> clearly low rent. And Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hurz, like, look up their filmography, guys. Class of Newcomb High, Tromeo and Juliet, yeah. uh, poultry geist like these are all movies that are just so bad and they're just bad period <laughs> and then you, you get stoned and you watch them and you watch them with your friends and you laugh your ass off at the absurdity um yeah i love toxic crusaders it's super nostalgic Bodie didn't like it i i, I heard him laugh and i'm like what do you think he's like that was just uh i'm like you want to watch the next one he goes yeah let's watch the next one i'm like <laughs> okay i can tell you laughed a little bit though <laughs> The only thing I want to call out was uh, I was watching some YouTube videos and I saw a commercial for the Toxic Crusaders like toys and stuff. And the announcers called it Traumaville. And I'm like, that's like Teen Wolf. Yeah, it's like Teen Wolf. <laughs> it's like, really? You didn't No one to did another take on that one. Traumaville. But who cares? Yeah, who cares, but who cares okay. right? Exactly. It's like that guy was like, fuck this. Look at these toys. Who gives a shit? So <laughs> no, it, it, it reminds me of like of Dustin. We're like, nobody cares anymore. I don't think anyone ever cared. I think there were some people that did. And I think a lot of people didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> they just put it out there. <laughs> That's why I don't You guys have to watch. You you have to send you, uh, in the links of the show notes. You have to put that pilot episode in there. Oh, it's the guys with... and gals. It's on the um, Patreon page like it is every uh, every month. We do the watch list. And the link that I put for uh, Toxic Crusaders is uh, the the pilot. Yeah, the pilot episode. So that's the one I watched on uh, daily motion because YouTube uh, to watch it on YouTube you have to have a 
a Scream Box uh, account or something like that. You have to pay extra. So it's on Daily Motion. Oh, I found for now. Really? Yeah. I found an. Ep- I found the the episode one on YouTube. Oh, you maybe you have a Scream Box account because or because you paid for. I know you paid for YouTube the full thing. I don't. You need to have a Scream Box oh. account to actually watch it. So lame. It's really yeah. that's lame. You must that's you sucks. must have Sorry. a Screenbox account through paying for YouTube. So. Um, okay. A, t- a cartoon that I wish I did watch, but never did, but I do remember <laughs> it. Uh, 1994's Monster Force. Zach, take it away. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everyone. Co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, podcasting after dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us. And now, back to the show. Monster Force is, uh, once again, I think a victim of timing. Uh, it, it, it's an age-old story that we've covered on this show. Uh, I think at a different time, a different era, this this would have been a much more popular show, maybe with some better animation too, Diallo, possibly. Uh, <laughs> but Monster Force came thoughts. out. Yeah, I'm sure you do. In uh, April of 94, Monster Force came out. It was a 13-episode animated television series created by Universal Cartoon Studios. That's why they got all the licensing guys. Yep. And I can and a Canadian studio called Lacewood Productions. Uh, the story is set approximately in the year 2020 and sent 2020 in the yeah. future. Yeah, the they future. Picked it's, they picked the right, right year for monsters. <laughs> right. It's centered around a group of teenagers slash adults who use high-tech weaponry to fight off classic universal monsters who threaten humanity. Some of the crew actually have... Some of the crew are, in fact, monster them, monsters themselves, including the Wolfman and Frankenstein. Call it right, the Wolfman. The Wolfman. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the main character, Dr. Reed Crawley, alias Doc, who uh, looks a little bit like uh, Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the movie... Not the comic book, but the movie itself. If you look at him, he's like wearing a jacket like Star-Lord. The face mask is like Star-Lord. I'm just saying, maybe uh, What's-His-Face, who made that sh- made that movie, uh, took a little homage. Homage? <laughs> Rip off. <laughs> uh, he is the lead uh, scientist of this group. Uh, there's a total of uh, five people with him. There's Luke Talbot, who is also a werewolf 
who's fighting off the werewolf curse and trying to find the person who caused it so he can be turned back to normal. Luke Talbot Trip. also had the face of a boy, but the body of a man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all want that? Yes, we um, do. <laughs> Trip Hansen is, uh, is a competent martial artist. <laughs> competent. And and by the way, his action figure sucks because he. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. Lance Magruder, uh, played by a uh, voice by David Hewlett. That's the only voice I'll shout out. David Hewlett is a uh, he's a Canadian actor, but if you've seen the movie The Cube, he was in that. Yep. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, Shelley Frank is uh, also uh, uh, Shelley Frank, as in you know. Um, What's the, the, the guy? Mary Shelley, right. who uh, authored Frankenstein. She's su- supposed to be a descendant of that author, allegedly, possibly. She's a psychic, and she's probably related in some way to Frankenstein. Frankenstein is, ob- is in fact, one of the good guys. Um, but going back to Reed Crawley, he was scarred by Dracula, and he has like a psychic link, almost like a spidey sense when he senses Dracula near him, the scar on his face lights up. Um, all the characters on the show use Emax suits, which are called, which are energized monster armored containment suits. It's basically a power suit that allows him to fight the forces of evil. The forces of evil are led by Dracula and his horde of Dracula women and zombies and his uh, Renfield. Uh, you'll have popular characters like Creature from the Black Lagoon pop up for one episode. Very cool episode. Very eerie, dark. In fact, when I watched that with Bodie, he told me to turn it off because he was scared. And there was actually killing in that episode, like there is in the pilot episode. Uh, yeah, too. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Mummy Hotep is in one episode, at least one episode. Uh, and then... Bella the werewolf, who is like the leader of um, the werewolf group in episode two. That's when uh, Luke Talbot goes searching for the man who cursed him. Bella Lugosi kind of ripoff yeah. or homage to Bella Lugosi. And then uh, also the bride, Frankenstein bride, is also in the series too. So this show focuses on this group, monster force hunting. Uh, they hop throughout the con- uh, throughout the world with actual locations listed in the episode. Uh, the animation is not so good, but that's beside. In my opinion, it's, it's serviceable. Beside the point. It does it does you, its job, you know. Yeah, f- for me, this is like, what if the Monster Squad was grown up and they went on and they continued to be the Monster Squad? They would become the Monster Force. Um, it's it it's in my opinion, super badass. Like, the monsters are really scary. And Dracula is really scary. In the first episode, he tries to convince Luke to join forces with him, tries to hypnotize him, manipulate him. Um, I don't want to spoil too much because I think people should watch it. I think this is actually a show that maybe, maybe people have forgotten about. I have the whole entire toy line. It came out in 94. I was 18. I didn't give a shit. I hid it under my bed. I hid it in my closet when my friends came over. But the toy line's really cool. Um, They're like more playable McFarlane-looking figures. The heroes themselves don't move around too much. Like I said, Trip, the Trip figure, he's got one arm out. He looks like a Heisman pose. 
because he's got one arm that doesn't move and you're like that sucks what does he do just holds people back the whole time (laughs) um but the monsters themselves the creature the frankenstein dracula wolfman looks super cool uh star lord i mean sorry dr crawley uh looks really cool i hate that his name's crawley and not crowley what's i know and it really it really should be van helsing and i'm i'm surprised they didn't go down that route because he should be a descendant of van helsing Zach, hold the the green one, the green character up again. Yeah, so the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, that's is, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. Yeah, he's all jacked up and buff. Yeah, he's freaking um, huge. Yeah, and it's a really cool. It's like beautifully sculpted yeah. and made. I think uh, Playmates put this out. Playmates also did the Toxic Crusader figures. Yeah. Shout out to Playmate Toys. You know they made the TMNT figures back in the yeah. day. They made a lot of cool toys. They were a nice competitor to Mattel and Kenner um, and Hasbro. But I loved Monster Force. I still do. Uh, it's got deaths. It's got a dark storyline. Um, Frankenstein is—he's not an idiot. He's actually like just a big. He's like Swamp Thing kind of. He's—he's smart. Uh, and also, again, Frankenstein has a giant scar on the top of his head. You know, whereas his brain was sewed in. So like. <laughs> You know, kids are like, oh, it's so cool. This is neat. No, it's also pretty freaky, too. So it's, it's understandable that uh, this this show was terrifying. Why it didn't last more than 13 episodes is beyond me. I feel like it easily could have been a 26-episode run, but it never did. It only made 13. I The DVD was available for a while. I think you can find all the episodes on YouTube. But Yeah, they're all I'll on YouTube. I'll turn it over to you. I'll turn it over to you guys. Um, I love Monster Force. Diallo, give us a give us your thoughts. Oh man, this is a <laughs> feels so bad. No, nah, dude, it's, okay. it's all good, man. It's all good. I think I just wasn't into it. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, I mean, it's right in your. What's the opposite of sweet spot? It's right yeah, in the opposite yeah. of that. It like there's so it, there's the animation part, which it was better than. Uh, like toxic avengers but it's still i was watching it and that's when i decided that that era looked like clay uh figures or whatever um just everything's all rounded and kind of not unproportioned and weird um but also it doesn't and this is like just particular to me this is not an indictment on the show at all but like i know i'm not i've never really been a fan of like crossing genres for certain genres so it's like monsters and sci-fi just like i i just don't like it just doesn't ping for me um and that's kind of what was going on here and i and i it was hard for me to like i didn't know it was kind of i didn't know there was like too much there was too much going on there were like too many elements it was like you had the armor they had like pressed the button and they turned into things and each one had a different thing but that didn't really have anything to do with the monster hunting there was no sort of like theme to the characters with the armor and so it just seemed kind of random like i could have actually put that in another show and it could have still roll i still rolled with it i didn't get like like Frankenstein was with them, but then Dracula wasn't. But then the werewolf kind of was running around, and I and I just so I, I was trying to figure out like what was kind of going on, and I didn't. 
It, maybe it, it needed to be laid out to me. I mean, I'm not that smart. So maybe it needed to be laid out to me a little bit more of what, what was kind of like the setup and what was going on. I picked it up as we went along, but it just seemed like they were all over the place. Well, and Diallo, to that point, my first note is I could have gone for a voiceover on the opening uh, theme song setting everything up because – I'll, you know, I'll discuss my thoughts on it, but I had the same initial thoughts as you. I was like, whoa, there is a lot to consume right here, <laughs> yeah. and it's kind of hitting me. And I was just like, and even in the, the trailer, just watching the, the, or not trailer, but the opening theme, like, it, even that is just so many images. And you're like, is that a good guy? Is that a bad guy? I don't know. And I'm like, oh, why doesn't this have a theme song that actually narrates what the setup is? And I and I realized that as some you know I had never seen the show before, I needed that. I needed a narrative on the theme song to tell me what was happening, and I really would have appreciated that. But and I don't remember that. I don't remember the theme song, but that was in the era. This is this is when I'm gonna get, like indict that era. But they weren't really doing. Um, it, it was like hard driving guitars. Yeah. And it was like all yeah. in your face and loud and bombastic and a bunch of images, but it didn't really kind of tell you what the actual thing was, you know? Right. Like Men in Black um, was the same way. It didn't, it was just a bunch of fun music and it was neat, but it didn't like set anything up for you. And I kind of like, I felt like this show needed that in the intro. Yeah. And so, you know, and again, after watching it, I picked up on everything that was going on, but same. it just, it, but it didn't seem like it all kind of like made sense or I don't know. Um, one quick note that had nothing to do with the criticism, but you said David Hewlett, and I, that was a name that I recognized, and I was like, who is that? And I just remember he used to be on um, Stargate, Stargate Atlantis. He was Dr. That's Rodney, right. yep. Dr. Rodney McKay. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, so I am not, like it was not in my two time, two different styles of not being in my, uh, you know, my range of things that I'm like drawn to. It's like one of the reasons why I don't like that movie. What's it? Is it Sunlight? The uh, Sunshine. Sunshine. The the space like they're in space and there's like da- a the Danny Boyle one that has. It's yeah. like yeah, they're yeah. they're in space, but it's also like the movie goes through like four different genres. It becomes a horror movie, a drama, yeah, a com- yeah. It, it's like every I- genre. And I know you like this. I think you like. I think you yeah. love this movie, Corey. Dark Horizons, but I can't stand it. Event um, Horizon. Event Horizon. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Just got the yeah. love. Yeah, you love it. Yeah, right. you, I know. <laughs> Event I know. Horizons. I know amazing. you love it. I can't stand it. And because of like kind of what I'm saying, it's like I just for me, it's just a me yeah. thing. I just yeah. don't like when you when you cross those two genres for some reason. I'm just not into it. So, um, yeah. They should make an Event Horizon cartoon. <laughs> they, they should, if this was 1994, they probably would. But, yeah. I mean, to your point, y'all, I 100% get if something's not a you thing. For me, it is a me thing. Like, combining tech and magic, I thought was really cool in this in this mm. movie. Um, almost to the point where I kind of found that I didn't care so much about the monsters as I was like into like what the world was about and i liked how i like these guys' armor all of their their designs kind of remind me of sky commanders-esque like yeah. a little bit because yeah. there's no 
there was like no uniformity to their armor, but yet it all looked like it came up from the same place. Um, like you, Diallo, I maybe would have liked a little bit more of an explanation, maybe as to how the magic and the technology combined. And I didn't really pick up on it at the time, but I do get what you're saying, how their armor pieces, like that could be the whole show itself. Like it's almost mm -hmm. like Centurion aspect to it. But then there's also monsters and everything. But, you know, it's just like, wow, how did is there's a lot going on. Um, but mm -hmm. I enjoyed the stew that it produced. Um, I liked the design of the armor stuff. I thought they were cool looking. Uh, my own little nitpicky thing is I hated how his name was Crowley and not Crowley. And I was like, are they mispronouncing it? No, they actually spell it differently as well. I think you it's know. supposed to be like an homage to Mr. Crowley, which is dun, dun, dun. which is. Crowley, the, the the magician, the famous magician from the turn of the century and everything. But then I guess Ozzy Osbourne pronounces it Crowley also. Well, then, okay, so maybe maybe there are two different historical figures that they're referencing. Um, but I personally liked the combination of tech and magic. I thought that was really neat, especially when they were, like, trying a, a magical spell that they didn't really know it was going to do in the first episode and then you know it has this consequences and they kind of bring it back and everything like that I thought that was kind of cool but i'm at the same time i'm also watching this and i'm like man if this came out in the 80s with the you know the dungeons and dragons and the satanic panic and all this kind of stuff i'd be like parents would have a field day with with this one you know but it came out yeah. in 94 so that that's fine um you know <laughs> i <laughs> I like that. I like the the magic, the occult, and the tech all sort of mixed together. Like the fact that that one dude with the beard, I thought he died, but he turned into a, a vampire, and then he died, I guess. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I was like, that. Well, they froze his body. This is interesting in the show that some people, some characters, they, not, they didn't explain what their weapons did or how they did. Yeah, there was there was definitely a lack of explanation with certain things. Um, and, and that was a big one where like, okay, so these weapons they have are supposed to neutralize the monsters. Some of them vaporize the monsters. They do whatever the plot calls for them to do. <laughs> well, but, but I will say it's interesting because they vaporize two of the uh, vampire women and like, turn them into dust basically but they don't they don't even acknowledge that or explain it and then for some of them they freeze them right to cry but yeah it would have been nice just little things yeah little things like you know uh we'll keep them frozen in a stasis until they until we figure out a cure yeah. for this so like the guy know? with the beard he was like one of their i guess globe trotting people that like they have there's yeah. like their little spies the good guys they have like kind of their little spies around and they're like oh no one of our spies you know got you know turned into a vampire and they froze him you know but yes i needed that dialogue that said we're going to keep him in stasis until we can reverse the 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 prod, you know, diverse it on him and everything. Um, I did like the fact that, you know, Dracula looked very much traditional, whereas Frankenstein was very much like a redesigned superhero version. Kind of reminds me of, um, oh, what was that comic book that I think Grant Morrison wrote uh, in the early 2000s, the Marvel one with, with fucking Frankenstein in it and shit. Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, like I thought, I thought Frank, I thought he looked cool and everything, but for them, for me, 
I connected mostly with the the main crew, and I liked their armor shit. I thought that was really cool. Um, the animation style, not one of my favorites. Like, I didn't, you know, no. I think it's just kind of serviceable. Um, but it didn't kind of, like, take it away from me, you know? I would definitely watch this now if I had sort of the access to it. I don't really watch things on YouTube. Um, and I, if I'd, I think if I had seen it back in 94... Uh, 94, I was, I mean, I was probably, I think, a sophomore in, in high school. I knew I was watching cartoons, and, and I had no beef with that. I don't know why I didn't see this one, you know what I mean? Like, I remember it being advertised, but I feel like it just disappeared, you know? And Well, it did. It lasted 13 episodes, and I remember uh, being excited to watch it because I, I felt like the subject matter was darker than what I was used to seeing on a kid's cartoon. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly. I don't remember watching. I don't remember the specific time that I watched it, but the fact that it came out at a time when I maybe wasn't into cartoons, but yet it drew me back in. At least the figures did. The figures were so cool. Who put those out? Was that that Galoob, Mattel? Who was that? Playmates. Playmates. Playmates Playmates toys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I feel like it, it, it's it's a time when we all know the three of us know that the 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 Saturday morning cartoons were starting to lose their luster. In fact, I think they died several a few years in the into the future from this. You know, I remember no more Saturday morning cartoons. It's all reality programming or live action stuff. And you're like, what happened? Um Fox Kids you know, was, was like the last thing that I think had them for a while, right? Around, yeah, like I think so. Time, I, yeah. They were showing like Pokemon and um, Dragon Ball Z, or or they would bring like yeah Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh over and Warner and Brothers. Shit, like, yeah, Warner Brothers had their Saturday morning stuff, I think too. But that was that was it. It was off of the major networks at that point. Yeah, I, I you stopped seeing syndicated cartoons uh, soon after this, so. Uh, just the fact that it got made to begin with, I think, is is cool. I think it's similar in in a, in a sense to Toxic to, to Toxic Crusaders that these shows got made, um, and people got hired to do them and got paid to do them, and and it's it's forever, it's 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 like record, you know. We can go back and say, no, this was a show that existed, and how cool is that? That there was this opportunity that kids got to see what it would be like to go finally fucking hunt monsters for a change you know so often we're like in monster movies it's the monsters that are hunting hunting us and we're just the victims these guys are going out and actually doing it i can't think of too many ideas or projects where that was the case where we had a band of guys who banded together to fight against monsters right i mean you're right it, it is monster squad but just grown up it's it's what if yeah. they all it, sort of grew up and everything and monster squad was the only one of its kind yeah you know um and so i mean like, like lost squad boys had a... some elements with the the frog brothers but like they were even then they were a bit older you know what i mean monster squad yeah. is one of those few moments where true actual kids are in life and death situations fighting monsters yeah, and, and they took it upon all of them collectively got together to fight the monsters, right? You know what's interesting about uh, this show? 
Monster Force, there was no cute character. There was no, you know, like no. little kid character. There was no, there was no like, I mean, there is some levity to it, but there was no character there just to create levity like Orko or something. It They went fully. It's pretty serious. Yeah, serious. You know, I mean, there's a part two at, in this first episode. By the way, were they an hour long piece? Because they were like 40, 44 minutes or something. Is it an hour well, long so show? They're, the, they're supposed to be 22 minutes. It's weird. It says 44 in the in the in the like little clip, but then you click on it and it's actually 22 minutes long. Okay. But then they follow up. I highly recommend if you're going to watch this, watch the first episode 1 and then episode 2 because episode 2 follows up with Luke Talbot searching for the 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 his werewolf that cursed him. And it follows the, like the fact that Universal this was a universal cartoon. You had full reign over the, uh, the, the, the properties, right. Of these monsters. How cool is that? By the way, like, you know, um, monopolies aside, the fact that universal has all these monsters, they're all universal monsters. Yeah. Like people say, you know, DC has this Marvel has this universal continues to shoot itself in the foot and not produce a <laughs> <Yeah>. quality <laughs> monster yeah, they, franchise. They, they tried. They could. They, <laughs> they tried. They, right? There's, They've tried so many times. Thus and proving that there's so only one Kevin Feige out there in the world, you know. <laughs> but how many times have they made a cartoon right. one time? And they could easily do this now. This could be a Netflix show in, 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 a, in a heartbeat with taking this template and just improving upon it. Well, the, and the funny thing is all three of these shows are technically cartoons based on movies, you know, except, you know, Teen Wolf and, and yeah, Toxic basically. Crusaders are more more focused. But this is technically they're based on the Universal Monster movies. So this whole they are. so this po, you know, this episode of, of TV Obscura is is fully themed in in that regard. Um, Diallo, final thoughts on all three, although I, I kind of have a feeling which one's going to be your, your favorite, but I, I mean, dude, you're, it's your opinion, man. I got, I got no beef with your opinion whatsoever, dude. Yeah. You know, obviously I loved Teen Wolf and I, it, to me, it, it holds up in terms of animation style and, uh, just how I think it expanded on the, the, the film franchise and made it a little bit more fleshed out and more fun and it um it dropped the right elements in like with the secret identity part which i think makes it more a little bit more compelling um yeah and then you know, the other two i just didn't really <laughs> didn't really like toxic i mean it's like it's not that i don't think either of them's bad that's not what i'm saying it's just like it's just not my thing you know what mm-hmm. i mean like i uh, just um, Toxic Avenger. Actually, I do remember watching the pilot. I think I said earlier. I, w- I remember watching the pilot of the cartoon, and I remember liking it more. And I think it's just because that episode probably centered me in in the world. But that was like over a year ago, and I never really watched it after that. So watching this episode, I felt a little bit lost. There's just like there's so much going on. And then the same thing with Monster Squad. I didn't actually remember... I've never heard of this show. That was something I didn't say. I had never heard of this show. I don't remember it being on. Um, and so it was all new to me. So, um, yeah, I I think it has a lot of cool elements. I just wish that they 
explained it more in a way that that explaining would have made it more compelling for me as a as a viewer um but as as it was presented i just felt like there was just like a bunch of stuff on my screen and people were running around <laughs> and they were like shooting the uh vampire women like ghostbusters and and then the girl transformed and her suit had wings and i was just like what's what's going on <laughs> did you notice that and I her think amulet was, like, was pretty badass i think that what the amulet yeah the amulet storyline was was potentially cool too did you notice when that like zombie vampire comes out of the water to grab her amulet it looked to me like it was grabbing her tit i was like <laughs> what the fuck is going on here i mean do you blame it no she was hot <laughs> wow. but, i mean but yalo Stick me on a fucking anime uh, podcast, and I'd probably have the same response as you. It's like I I get that it's fine, but it's not my cup of tea. So like yeah. I totally I get that I I understand that sentimentality where you can be like, okay, I, I'm sure you like this, mm-hmm. but it's not for me. You know what I mean? And that's how yeah. I feel about pretty much all anime. Yeah, it's it's weird for me personally <laughs> because I I can watch almost everything. Like you sit me down, I, I might I will either like it or dislike it, but it's just like I watch this and I'm just like I just <laughs> it's like nothing in me like like feels a pull. I will I watch like like cartoons that are on now, like the cartoons that are definitely for kids, and I can still like watch them and be like, oh, this is like there's something compelling or fun fun about this. And I just, I, for those 90s, those early 90s cartoons, it just, it was a, this is a, mostly a miss for me, you know? I don't, I don't know why. It's, a, it's how I feel about 99% of anime that my wife yeah. watches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Zach, uh, final thoughts. What was Bodhi's uh, thoughts on Monster Force? Oh, well, he, he watched the first five minutes and then he's like, it's got a vampire and he has red eyes. You know I can't watch this. Turn it off. <laughs> He's too scared because he's scared of vampires and and people with and things with red eyes. So totally understandable. I'm like, okay, well, so Monster Force wins on the terror <laughs> scale. Um, yeah, I mean, he wasn't a fan of the of Teen Wolf or Toxic Crusaders, but I'm like, that's cool. I, you know, they're not always going to be wins uh, in, in my book. Teen Wolf is nostalgic fun. Uh, Toxic Avenger is like, or Toxic Crusaders is like, you know, how the hell did this get made? And God bless Lloyd Kaufman for getting it made. Uh, and then Monster Force is like, what if, what could have been? Um, and that's why for me, it's entertaining to watch. Cause I watch it with this sense of like, wow, I want to know what they were talking about in the, in the, creator's room and like what they came up with on paper initially it obviously you know what 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 landed on screen what landed on screen is not probably the intention of the guys who created the show that's my feeling um that but what finally got made was like something different and cool and and i can't again i can't think of any other cartoon that has ever had all of those monsters as the focal point, you know, ghostbusters toe dipped into other monsters, the real ghost, uh, filmation ghostbusters did the same, uh, TV shows would casually bring in 
monsters. Like Buck Rogers brought in Dracula, my favorite episode of Buck Rogers, by the way. So I actually good. watched um, uh, James Etock, our, our pal, uh, who we interviewed. He has his uh, Serial Geek TV channel. And as I was uh, on the treadmill, I like to watch his, his videos. And one of them was uh, like horror elements or horror episodes in Transformers. And they did a zombie yeah. episode. They did a vampire episode, like the Ghost of Starscream. So, yeah, I mean, other properties have toe-dipped into these things. But with Monster Force, you're seeing them actually focusing it on those actual monsters. Yeah. So I, I think I come into it with the with the mindset of, like, I'm just cool. I'm just happy that it got made. Um, even if it's not perfect, I, I will still continue to watch it. Shit, Spiral Zone was not the most uh, polished television show, but that's the closest thing we'll ever get to a zombie apocalypse cartoon. So um, I'm okay with that from a nostalgia perspective. If this came out in 2023, I'd be like the way it is right now. I'd be like, oh, fuck that. I'm not watching it again. <laughs> this is like, oh, watch all 13 episodes, you know, because, because in 1994, I will go down on record as saying the 90s are one of the worst decades overall for content, you know, overall. Yeah. There there are gems, obviously, Event Horizon. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, sort of, because I love Event Horizon. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like the content, like something got lost along the way. Like we forgot the how to make things stick. And, and, and so at least it got made. That's my point. And so go fucking watch Monster Force, Teen Wolf, Toxic Avenger. Go enjoy yourselves. Go on eBay. Go buy the toys that are insanely overpriced now. And I, maybe I should sell these because I could probably make some money off them. You know, going into Monster Force, <laughs> I thought the monsters were going to be the good guys. I was a little surprised. Like, it was well, humans kind of versus monsters. Well, well, one of them's good. One of them's sort I, of I will, curious. I, sorry to interrupt you. I will really quickly say, go watch the creature from the Black Lagoon episode as well. If you're if if this ends up being your cup of tea and you like it, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon episode is episode four. It's called Return of the Creature from the Black Lagoon, um, as well. And that one is dark, and 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 he's kind of a good guy. Like you're not sure if he's a, really a villain or not. But but you find out that he did steroids, and that's why he's so jacked up, though. Well, yeah, he was hanging out with Hulk Hogan in Florida. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, Mother! Diallo, thank you for bringing uh, Teen Wolf to this because I Wolf. was uh, Teen Wolf, <laughs> W-U-F-F, because uh, I was, like, sitting there like, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I remember all of this. Like, it just was, like, <laughs> flooding oh my, my brain. And I hadn't thought about this cartoon in, like, 35 years. But I was like, I watched all of this. I remember all of this. I remember the grandma. Oh, my God, I remember the, the kid. You know what I mean? It's all yeah. this kind of shit. And, uh, dun, 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 dun. It's just, and it's like, yeah, it's I, I still have more of an affinity for the 80s animation style. Um, and I give it hella props. Uh, I, I thought the the car, the designs were very clean, very expressive, and I thought they did a great job uh, with Teen Wolf and having had a lot of fun with it. And again, I would watch that cartoon over the movie any day of the week. Um, Toxic Crusaders, I fucking loved it. I'm going to buy the video game when it comes out. I, I want all the toys, but I don't want to fucking pay an arm and a leg, and I don't want to give fucking Super 7 my money because 
they're overpriced and they fucking have every single fucking license under under the sun. What they just announced their fucking Conan toys? Like what the fuck are there any other toy company out there besides them? <laughs> uh, be grateful that they're making the toys, okay? Yeah, except when they fucking <laughs> sell them for like fifty dollars a we pop love you, or something. I know, I know you yeah. were doing a fern. I know. I know. <laughs> Look, I love that they're making the toys too, but goddamn, do they have to like break our budget for to make these toys? I mean, look, the the problem I have is I'm gonna go on a tangent here. Those fucking GI Joe toys that they put out, not not like the Master Series or whatever, but the ones that look like the cartoons that the cost reaction the ones. reaction the, the ones. They cost three and three quarter. They ones. cost twenty dollars. They it have be five dollars. They have five points of articulation. Yeah, they look like the cartoon. That's great, but. You can get a Star Wars Black Series figure that's twice that size with, like, multiple hands that you can do, like, multiple accessories, and it's, like, 25 bucks. Fuck you, Super 7. Fuck <laughs> you. When's the Event Horizon toys coming out? Exactly. <laughs> Those would be badass. When is, when is Super 7 going to fucking get that license? Um, I'm going to Jack Nose worthy thing. Zach, you said that 90s sucked for content. Like, you're so wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm saying there's so many great movies that came out in the '90s. And I'm, so, I, such great I, music I, and such I, great right. TV shows. You're right. I guess there, there's just a lot of there's a lot of garbage that came out in all the decades. But I guess the '90s stands out to me as is a lot of garbage came out in uh, the '90s. I'll say what's garbage in the '90s was the fashion. Fuck grunge. Fuck all that. The fashion right. in the '90s right. was trash. I definitely I, will agree with you there. I will. I will slightly recall and edit my comment by saying that the '90s produced a lot of great stuff, but they also produced a lot of garbage that that just stands out to me personally. Well, I think that's the, how it. I the mean, rock. Yeah, the Come more on. the more content you produce, the more chances of it being shite. Um, final true. final that, thoughts from me true. on Monster Force. I thought it was cool. I dug it. I dug the combination of of you know t- occult horror and technology um although i probably will say that diallo's points about it being kind of like bloated and overly complicated might be the reason it didn't make it past 13 episodes you know i think there i do truly think that there is something to be said there because diallo i literally in the opening theme song i'm like this is so much information i don't know what's what and that's when i had that thought i was like i need a, a dialogue i need a voiceover just saying like the good guys are fighting the bad you know i just want to know who the fuck is who you know and yeah yes, in the year 2020 uh reed crawley has yeah like you know. something like that like has has developed the emf suits and and to fight the forces of dracula and this and it's something i just needed the a world little, is being taken over by dracula just a yeah. setup a small setup that was all and i get but i guess that's also the times like we said they didn't really do that much anymore and that was more of like an 80s syndication thing although teen wolf didn't really have any kind of verbal setup did it it just had that cool ass song and everything no but that was like two years after the movie yeah we everybody knew what teen wolf was though right so it's a little different but yeah same thing with ghostbusters they just we all knew what ghostbusters were so they just had to walk down the street in a parade or however the movie however the cartoon opened so when something hits the zeitgeist like like those things do yeah you probably don't need a setup but uh monster force i think could have used it um but overall i had fun with it i had fun with all all three of these and you know you kind of get to get a sense of how cartoons change when you watch these like we always sort of discuss uh when we when we have cartoons that span uh multiple you know uh eras and everything like that it's it's also interesting to see how how the format 
and the medium changed. But um, yeah, I had fun with all three of them. So it was a it was a blast. It was a blast, I tell you, with all the you wolves. Know, the wolves. You know what else came out in the nineties? Event Horizon. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's the exception to the rule. <laughs> Jack Noseworthy. Hashtag Jack Noseworthy. Dead at twenty one. Dead at twenty one. You know what else came out in the nineties? Aeon Flux. Aeon Flux. Yeah, dude. I used and, to watch this. And Dead at Twenty One. So we've talked offline, but we are gonna do a an MTV uh show one of these days and because we all we wanna are? talk about Dead at Dead at Twenty One. We are? Yes, we talked about that. Oh yeah, I wanna do Dead at Twenty One. Yes, you do. I know that because we fucking talked about it. <laughs> Wait, we did? <laughs> God damn it! You're can I can I do Road Rules in Real World, where all the and talk about all the people that became political commentators and they're terrible. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is that is that where they all went to? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have a we're gonna have fucking Judd from uh, the San Francisco uh, Real World. He's gonna be our guest on the show. Judd Winnick. Yeah. No, we're gonna have Puck. Oh yeah, I fucking puck. remember Puck. We're I remember puck. puck. I remember Puck. We're gonna have Puck. Everybody remembers. <laughs> hey, does everybody remember me? Come on, who wants my autograph? I did have a good segue to uh, for for Diallo to plug uh, uh, Galactica actually, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I forgot it and it's passed. So Diallo. Oh, so go for it. <laughs> Diallo can just plug Galactica actually. <laughs> Galactica actually is a podcast that covers. Battlestar Galactica reimagining that did not come out in the 90s. It came out in <laughs> 2000, 2003 uh, was the first year of the miniseries. But anyways, yeah, um, I'm doing a weekly podcast. My co-host, Jamie Smith, and we are going over um, uh, episodes chronologically uh, week by week. Um, I also have been watching some of the old OG Battlestar because as I'm watching the new one and i just have these vague memories of 30 years ago there's some episodes that stand out in my brain and but like i haven't really sat down to watch them so i started watching those two and i'm starting to make comparisons of between the between the two shows and i'm starting to develop a theory that um both of those shows actually could exist in the same um, reality or same universe. So oh, I like it's still, it's, it still remains to be seen. We're going to keep going with it, but I'm just kind of gathering data as I move along. So, Well, I remember I used to watch that show as a kid. I loved, loved the original Cylons. Yeah. Um, I remember an episode was Starbuck on a planet was like a Wild West planet, and there was a Cylon that was yes. like, yeah. There was, um, I f- it was like uh, a sheriff. The, sh- the Cylon was like a sheriff or something. Yeah, it was a, I think it was actually, was it? I think it was actually Apollo. I can't remember. Okay, I just sure. watched it. It's like the third. But yeah, he was like it was. He was called Red Eye, <laughs> the, the Cylon. Yeah. Was the and, Cylon reprogrammed? Why was he a sheriff? He, I think he had crashed there before, and then the, this, uh, I, this landowner kind of reprogrammed him and used him as his enforcer. Um, so the Mandalorian yeah. just ripped this off completely then with IG 11. Yeah. Mandalorian isn't like a terribly original show and that's not, <laughs> I love the Mandalorian like to death, but it pulls from so many. Yeah, it does. And it I think it does it on so, purpose. You know, yeah. Like it's like the high plains drifter deal, yeah. man with no name. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, lone wolf and cub. cub, like, yep. 
all that stuff. And, Lone but Wolf it just, McQuaid. just, but just like, just like um, with Quentin Tarantino, like he's, they're kind of masterfully using all of these um, motifs and making something new out of it. So. Right. But anyways, that per- that episode you mentioned, I just watched like a week or so ago, and I was like, man, this was terrible. <laughs> it was like not, it was really bad. Like, <laughs> I remember it, dude. I remember yeah. it so hardcore, man. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yeah. So doing ba- uh, Galactica, actually, and um, we're about to do, we just finished season one. So um, this week we're going to be recording the first episode of season two. And uh, yeah. Nice. That's, and, that's and then, of the course, wrap. the the big things coming that we will promote and announce uh, uh, when they are ready, when they're ready for the world. Yeah, that's a like it, there there are, there are it's a cool thing. We have like a big um, there's like a a very big creative um, entertainment person that's involved with it. Um, that I was able to get them to contribute um, to it. Um, and you know some of the people that are um, involved in being a part of it. And um, it's going to be fun. And I can't wait to announce it, to unleash it. And uh, yeah, I'm still doing the first Noel also. That's taken a little bit of backseat while I've been working on this other thing, but I'm going to get back to that again. And, uh, yeah, the rest of the time I've been playing, I've been playing, um, uh, what do you got? The Last of Us Part Two. Oh, I and, know. I, I see you on yeah, my, uh, yeah, my I know. first I, list. <laughs> I actually meant to, I meant to, I meant to bring that up. I was like, have you seen me play that? Yes. Lately? Yes. I, yeah. anytime I log on to PlayStation, I just check my friends, see what they're doing. Yeah, see, yeah, ah, see there's, what they're doing. there's Diablo played some yeah, Last of Us too. Yeah, like, oh, I've, I've been like, I'm like obsessed. I can't yeah. like, I just can't stop playing it. It's my, like. I'm Myra's, Myra's playing it right now too. And I, I don't, I haven't played it, so I don't know where she is, but I know uh-huh. she's, she's pretty. She's pretty deep in it, so yeah. Yeah, I actually have no idea how long it is yeah. or anything. I don't know if I'm like still at the beginning or the middle or towards the end. I have no idea. I'm just playing it, and it, it's just so good. And I just I wanted to play it before the second season yeah, starts, of course. but that's not going to happen for a year or two, I think. Well, so. shit. Now with the writer strike going on, who the fuck knows? You know. Yeah. Well, I just saw like you know I just saw I went to um, screening um, Friday. Uh, for Last of Us and the showrunner and the uh, Neil Druckmann, the whatever the writer, the game creator was there, and they said that they're just now going to, into production, so they haven't even like yeah they're not even ready to start shooting yet. So yeah, so I think it'll be a little while, but they did say that it will be following the game pretty closely and he said take that for what you will and then everyone gave weird looks to each other and yeah i was like oh boy oh so, you're like i need to play <laughs> i know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was already playing it, but, yeah you know i was just yeah. like I, but i was like you stuff goes down so it's like all right this is going to be an interesting season so yeah, yeah. I, I walked in from taking out the trash or doing something 
when Myra was playing and she was uh, beside herself. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. no. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I said, did X happen? And she looked at me with tears in her eyes and said, yes. And I was like, oh, my God, I was just I was just guessing. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just kidding. So anyways, uh, we can talk really offline good. about that. We don't want to spoil yeah. anything for people. But uh, Zach, uh, I know you just dropped a new episode of $2 Late Feeds Territory Marks. Uh, your spinoff episode, which is a spinoff show, which is kind of like uh, TV Obscura, but on the $2 late fee, you do territory marks. And I know you mentioned it last time, but give uh, give listeners another heads up as to what that is since it's still pretty new. Yeah, once a month, uh, at the end of the month, we drop a special $2 late fee presents episode of territory marks. It's a uh, throwback homage nostalgia podcast of- nostalgia show about my favorite era of wrestling the 80s and a little bit of early 90s maybe a little bit of late 70s too territory wrestling where it wasn't just wwf it was all these other smaller organizations that uh, banded together uh throughout the country like memphis wrestling jim crockett promotions uh nwa obviously was a big promotion but they had all these other companies like florida championship AWA was another one too, CWF, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I'm joined with Paul London, who's a former WWE wrestler, and he's he continues to wrestle, and he's also an actor, and he and I both bring a match to each episode. He and I both bring a match to each episode and talk about what we loved about that match. Um, this month, we're talking about Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler and Magnum TA and Nikita Koloff. And if you have... You probably know who Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler are, but you may not know who Magnum TA and Nikita Koloff are, but you will know by the end of the episode. And um, it's a lot of fun. And that piggybacks off of our next episode, which will be instead of uh, April Fool's Day, we're doing April Fool's May. We're covering April Fool's Day in May because we have an upcoming interview with one of its stars. We're going to be talking about that movie and its soundtrack as well on two dollars late fee nice nice i I'm am cool. a mark for territory marks by the have way. you listened to the latest episode i didn't listen to the latest i'll probably listen to it tomorrow when i'm driving to the studio and i'll okay I'll take a but uh listening to listening to um paul just kind of like give his actual thoughts on like the you know his approach to what he thinks wrestling should be and his, his disagreements with how people portray i just like i've like for the last five six seven years whatever when i discovered that they actually wrestlers actually talk about the business now yeah and uh, i love hearing stories from back in the day and just hearing him touch on that stuff is just like yeah right up my alley and then you both of you give like really like in-depth insight um commentary on matches and stuff so i i was really into the first episode so i can't wait to hear the second one yeah, same. Yeah, he... I, I like the discussion about kayfabe in the first episode. Like yeah. we had, we discussed kayfabe on here, but it, it was it was a bit more focused and intense coming from from London. Um, mm-hmm. I, I felt like maybe it was more a bit more true. Like at least it was an insider's version of kayfabe, and I thought that was an interesting discussion. But overall, I thought it was a great episode. Yeah, yeah. He's got uh, obviously ha- he has a different perspective than me. I'm the fanboy, and he's the the guy who does the job so um you know one thing we try to focus on is the positives 
of, of what we love versus what we don't like. And uh, every now and then he'll, you know, we will talk about, well, this is why we love this era because we're not a huge fan of the current era. Yeah, and, <laughs> that came and, up a and, lot. <laughs> yeah, th- th- it doesn't come up as much in episode two. I think we got that worked out of our system in the first one. But yeah. um, uh, but definitely some wild stories. And, you know, Paul has worked with a lot of these people that we will talk about. So, you know, to hear a wrestler talk about another fellow wrestler and a storyline, but also have a connection to that guy is pretty cool too. Case in point, Terry Funk was a guy that trained Paul London. If you don't know who Terry Funk is, then, you know, he was, he was, he was in movies as well. Roadhouse and over the top, for example. Uh, But the, the man is a legend in the wrestling business and Jerry Lawler is a legend in the wrestling business. It didn't take um, uh, Andy Kaufman to put him on the map. But actually, it did take Andy Kaufman to put him on the map. But, um, you know, he in his own right, he's he's so much more bigger than that. Zach knows I'm into it because I keep sending him TikToks of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to hear you listen to this latest one because uh, <laughs> there's some good stuff. And, I'll, you know, wrestling play surprisingly wrestling clips play really well on audio. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear these these uh, promos and these kind of commentary bits from the uh the announcers it's fun stuff so check out territory marks and there will be merch uh coming up soon where we're looking into stickers and koozies and t-shirts and whatnot get that merch out baby man outside if- of t public so t public takes tw- uh 80 percent no 90 percent how much is it Corey, it's like 98% of your profits, yeah, it's, I think. Yeah, it's most of it. But at the same time, the alternative is you have to keep the stock you know, yourself. Yeah. And I don't have any space here to keep a bunch of T-shirts or anything like that. So for now— I'm going to do that with koozies and stickers, though. So people want to get koozies shit, and stickers. I ain't got room for fucking boxes of koozies and stickers either, man. <laughs> shit. Maybe one if day. Got, maybe one day. If I, if, if I got room to hold on to my Monster Force figures, then I've got room for— uh, some koozies and stickers. Yeah, you do. You also have a three-story freaking apartment. <laughs> <laughs> don't, I'm not. Don't brag for me. Don't brag. <laughs> All right. Well, good times, guys. Uh, you can also check out Zach and I going through the entire John Carpenter catalog on the Carpenter Factor. Uh, last month we dropped uh, body bags, and this month we are going to be talking about In the Mouth of Madness, a movie that Oof. I've been uh, excited to see. So, how well does it hold? up well you'll have to listen and find out uh, and, and i will say really quick new we have new patrons who've joined us in the past uh, month and dylan laurie dylan laurie for example is one of them he's super excited to listen about in the mouth of madness good it's, it's a fun episode i got i still got to edit it um but we had a good time with it uh next month which i guess we're gonna be recording soon is uh village of the damned right damned village of the damned yeah. damn <laughs> so we're we're barreling towards the end of this year which will conclude with the ward is the last movie that uh, we have to watch, and uh, I've never even seen it, never even heard of it until we started, you know, plotting this whole thing out. So we'll see how things are going. Uh, but right now, Zach and I are pretty much balls deep in John Carpenter. Woohoo! Balls deep. <laughs> it's a great place to be, baby. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm just gonna let him talk, guys. He's, just he's keep on talking about grave. balls and woofs. <laughs> 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 and as always. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Catch you on the obscure side. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human, something always watching, something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide if you were haunted for seven winters alone? Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone. A dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook.